Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello there and welcome to another Irish Examiner Paper Talk Sports Podcast. Busy programme this week as we look back on a hectic weekend of Allianz Hurling League and Football League action. To begin with, we're going to start with the, the big story down in Porky Wren. Cork defeating Tipperary. Michael Moynihan was there for us. Michael, hard to believe two or three weeks ago we were sitting in this very same studio writing the obituary of Cork Hurling. Older horses there now, a second. No, look, it was a good win for Cork, but... Um, you have to take it in context as uh, Cork selector Pat Hartley is fond of saying you know Tipperary didn't have I'd say more than seven of their All-Ireland winning team they'd already qualified for the quarterfinals and uh, they were still you know level deep into injury time so it's not exactly you know the, the fall of the house of Usher I think Michael Ryan was proportionate mm-hmm. afterwards they obviously wanted to win and when you get that close in any game you obviously want to win but he wasn't too downhearted I think it was from Tip's perspective, it was probably one of these games where you uh, work out who you're going to drop off the panel. Mm. And, but uh, that's what worked out. But is there an issue in Cork that when it is Tipperary and when it is victory over them, that it's it's an extra fifty percent? Oh yeah, obviously people knock a lot more crack out of it, not because Tipperary are the champions at the moment. Uh, I think it's more to do with the fact that um, yeah, it's traditional. There was a sunny day. Uh, again as Michael Ryan said it was quite close to the championship in terms of the conditions and there was a good buzz from the crowd and so on and so forth so you know I wouldn't downplay it it was a good win for Cork um, but uh, again you'd have to set it in the context of, of where Tip were and where Tip are and what Tip were kind of looking for later in the year OK Patrick Horgan was being castigated a couple of weeks ago after the uh, the Dublin game if memory serves me correctly uh, some performance by him yesterday oh yeah look it was, it was fantastic it was I would be surprised I didn't see all the other games live I'd be surprised there was a better individual performance he was brought in late because Shane Kingston who had I think a hamstring issue just didn't make it on the day so he came in late and, and did very well now I would think you know the Cork manager still have issues with certain aspects of his play when I mean, you can't argue with 15 points particularly the winner I don't think he get 5 of Cork's last 6 points and the last point in particular was a terrific game and a terrific one certainly worth winning any match and you know obviously nail biter like that Dara Fitzgibbon talk to me about him yeah, Conor Lehan appeared to tweak a hamstring after five or six minutes and Fitzgibbon came in. He's one of the younger fellas in the Cork team from Tarleville. Uh Still very light, you can tell. He hasn't done a, a huge amount of strength and conditioning work. Good hurler, but he came in and hit five points in play. I suppose he'd be overshadowed by Horgan's fantastic performance, but you know, obviously if you have a guy 19-20 who comes in, hits five points in play against the All-Ireland champions, you know, you're obviously going to be happy with him when I'd say the Cork... 
uh, management would be delighted because he's one of their kind of promising projects. But uh, certainly the f- after the first couple of games, I would say maybe found it going a little bit rough in terms of the, the physical uh, toll that these games take. But know that the college's games are thinning out. A lot of these guys have a lot of their workload eased, so you're seeing the best of them. And, you know, between himself and Horgan, they got 20 points, which, you know, you couldn't really argue with. OK, I suppose it does prove, Michael, that the management team are trawling the entire county. You don't have to be playing for a senior championship team to get your chance. Absolutely, and I think, in fairness, Kingston and his Kieran Kingston and his management team deserve a lot of credit. They've obviously taken a policy decision to go with younger players, as you say, you know, it doesn't matter what the club is. If you're good enough, you get a chance and they're being rewarded. I mean, Kings, uh, Kingston's own son, Shane, has been very good. He was injured yesterday, but Darfur's given was excellent. Colm Spillane, you know, held his own against Seamus Callan, who's going to trouble a lot of defences uh, this year. Mark Coleman, again, very good. You know, Luke Mead was busy, got a point. So, you know, there's a lot of positives for Cork. I wouldn't downplay it. It was a very good game for Cork to win. And I would say, obviously, it was a bigger game for Cork. And having led into injury time... To even draw that game, I think would have been a big kick in the pants for them. So actually, to win, they get a you know a huge a huge boost from it. Anthony Daly and his kind today wonders if the the Gary Keegan impact is now being felt in Cork. Is too soon to say that? I wouldn't think so because I think if you drill down into Christopher Joyce's interview in the Examiner last week, he used a few key words like process and improvement and performance that to me would have had Gary's fingerprints on them. So I I would think the message. I would think the message is getting through, but it's a two or three year project for Cork. I would think it's a matter of inculcating a lot of these younger fellas with the proper mentality and the proper culture, even though that's a very nebulous idea, and to bring them to a level where they expect that from themselves and they can drive it for themselves. Because we see that kind of cliche coming out of every team in rugby and soccer and Gaelic football that the players have to drive it. And I think that's what Gary is about, is about empowering sports people to create a culture amongst themselves even though I know that's very a very woolly thing to convey without hard examples Is it a case that now time for experimentation was stopped for Michael Ryan and Tipperary? Yeah I would think so because with all due respect to some of the players they had yesterday you know I'm not sure if Cork would have won if for instance Cahill Barrett had been playing you know who's to me one of the top two cornerbacks in the in the country and essentially shuts down the players that he's on you know, Ronan Maher came on and all he did was cut the ball over the bar from a sideline, which just shows you the, the class that he has. And uh, that's not even getting into the fact that Noel Regard didn't play a full game. Bubbles O'Dwyer came on probably too late to get into it. Um, so to me, you know, like Ryan's been on the block so long that, you know, you could tell from his demeanour yesterday that, you know, even though he wanted to win, he wasn't getting too disappointed because, you know, they have bigger fish to fry. The whole thing is coming together nicely, you know, and, Guys are just drifting back, trying to find a bit of form. Noel McGrath was very good when he came on, did his, did his Noel McGrath work, um, if you like. Paddy Maher, very good. James Barry, solid. So the kind of the, the load-bearing parts of the tip team are as good as they ever were, but it's just you know tweaking it and maybe bring in, for me, where they might need a, a bit of work is around the half-hour line. Who are they going to bring in to do the work uh, without Bonner Maher? You know, Stephen O'Brien was rested yesterday and he looks a prospect you know McCormick was busy Niall O'Mara but to me that would be not an area of concern but I think they're probably still holding auditions for who the three guys who are going to be there come the championship you've been out and about every weekend has it been a good league it has well 
it has for spectators because let's be honest up to even at half time yesterday you didn't know who was going to be where who was going to be in the relegation who was going to be so from that point of view it's good because there's something involved in every game you know it was a kind of a dead rubber for tip yesterday to an extent but they still wanted to win and it was still a very good game and it was a very good game because they were because even though I suppose the fringe players on the tip team were trying to impress and they were trying to step it up and you know when there's only a point in it with a minute or two to go everyone wants to win I suppose the other side of that, though, is that there is very little room for experimentation for managers, and all the managers are consistently kind of half-complaining about that, that they don't have a, a free game where they can throw in a few guys and just see if they can sink or swim. But the other side of that, I suppose, is that Michael Ryan going back to Tipperary yesterday would probably think, well, that wasn't a championship game, but in the last 10 minutes with the crowd and the sun and the grass and the whole thing, I learned a few things there about guys that maybe I wouldn't learn otherwise until the first round of the Munster Championship. And Cork, the same, they would learn, well, maybe this guy, you know, would actually survive in a Munster Championship game. Or not. You know, it swings around. I think I think it's good. I, I'd be more in favour of having an extra weekend of games because I just think there aren't enough hurling weekends anyway. But it is a very powerful argument that when the, when the league is that tight, every game means something, so everyone's going all out. And the, the flip side of having the quote-unquote free game is that you could end up with a kind of a weekend that's a disaster because everyone's putting out their second team to kind of thank everyone for training since January and you know then then basically giving them their P forty five at full time. So you could have a damp squib of a weekend and yesterday, as I say, at half time, it was still all up for grabs. Do you know, Cork, Cork could have been in a relegation uh, battle and yet they got to the quarter finals. Clare and Waterford was on the proverbial knife edge, you know, Kilkenny Dublin, you know, so you know the You'd have to say, that on balance, they probably have it right at the moment for me because every weekend is, is very competitive. Thanks indeed, Michael, for that. Now we're going to stay with Hurling and we're going to turn our attention to Cusick Park and Ennis. The Irish Examiner's John Fogarty was there for us. And John, the headline on your match report today sums up the day and the season Watford doing it the hard way. Story of their season and the story of Derek McGrath's uh, reign, you could argue as well, Colm. They seem to be a team that thrive on being against the odds. Um, they were against the wind in the second half yesterday. Um, they went in two points behind. They should have gone in behind by more and yet were able to turn it around, turn around a four-point deficit in the last 15 minutes of action or so. Um, it was their third win on the road. They've lost the two games in Walsh Park and the news this morning that um, the quarterfinal uh, has been fixed for Salt Hill won't worry them in the slightest as much as Derek McGrath seems to be suggesting that they're going to go with a, a, little, a, slight, a slightly more experimental side next weekend. Um, but, it, 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 you know, there's, there's good signs here for Watford as much as they have been a little bit inconsistent and flaky at times, certainly in Walsh Park. But on the road, they have picked up two or sorry, three huge performances. Um, like that was a game that they had no, um, they they really didn't deserve to win it. The fact it was the yesterday's story was really about Clare not putting the game away, and Watford, as a good team should do, um, were able to capitalise on Clare's failure to do that. One of the lines that jumped out in your report uh, this morning, John, was uh, <laughs> four simple words: Clare threw this one away. They did. they did. They had eight second-half wides, Cullum, and they should have been ahead by more. Admittedly, uh, there was a couple of frees towards the end of the first half that were a little bit dubious and that 
Clare support certainly they, they booed John Keenan the referee off the field at half time and I would imagine it was those a couple of those decisions that they had in mind when they were expressing that sort of disgust with him um, they weren't booing him at the end because they knew full well that Clare had thrown this away uh, they, they, those, they're just silly wides uh, like they had the win advantage and uh, it was really when Austin Gleeson went off the field column that um, Watford turned it on and it's the second game in a row that <clears throat> Austin has been taken off as a, as a tactical substitution um, and, and, and that I think shows that Derek McGram number one isn't afraid to make the brave decisions but number two that they're not depending so much on Gleeson like they were missing old Connors yesterday Ian O'Regan wasn't in goal, obviously. Jamie Barron, perhaps the most informed player outside of John McGrath in the country at the moment. He wasn't um, he wasn't uh, uh, available because of a rib injury. Uh, he mightn't be available for the Galway game. I don't think Derek McGrath will risk him anyway. Um, so I think they're showing a bit of depth there. And with Tom Devine impressing coming off the bench as well, Waterford are slowly but surely beginning to show um, a bit of depth there. Is there a feeling in, in Clare, John, that... The league last season and all the hype and celebrations and everything around it cost them come championship and that they're desperate not to repeat the mistakes of 12 months ago. There possibly is, but then you look, you know, Clare, Clare were relegated under David Fitzgerald as well and they didn't, they didn't back that up with a, a good summer either. So um, perhaps it might have had something to do with the fact that they would played Watford three times in a row so in, in quick succession Colin. I think that might have had something to do with it that there was they, those three games were just thrilling to watch um, as much as the first half if I remember the first half of the drawn um, league final wasn't so great but after that it, it really turned into a, a fantastic trilogy um, perhaps that did take some, some uh, did take away from them there, but clearly the focus from uh, the joint managers Jerry O'Connor and Don Maloney is on the on the championship, and they won't be too worried. They certainly did as much as they wanted to win yesterday. Um, they won't be too worried by this. Uh, but at the same time, when you look at the team that Waterford had and the team that Clare had, Clare should have won. Tony Kelly surprisingly went out of the game when Austin Gleeson was taken off, and there still is a, a huge reliance on Podge Collins to come up with the goods. Aaron Shanahan definitely impressed in the in the first um, in the first half in at stages in the second half, but he did die out. He, again, he's a young player, and they're still coming there. But there, there, there there's no doubt that um, it was mentioned last night on the league sun on league Sunday that Donald Cusack's puck out strategy is is there to, for everyone to see, and absolutely it is. But it was last year as well, and that it, it's given them a great platform, but. When the likes of Conor McGrath hopefully comes back from injury and into this team, Clare will be a force to be reckoned with. But at this time, there's still too many question marks and still a couple of question marks about that full forward line and whether they're getting the most out of it. It's been a remarkable league, John, looking at the various storylines. Limerick Galway, of course, playing yesterday in the Gaelic grounds. So many of us had predicted that that was going to be the promotion decider. Of course, Wexford had promotion secured uh, a week before. We were writing the obituary of Cork Hurling two or three weeks ago, and now they're second in the league table. How how, how was the spring for you? Um. Tipperary seemed to have carried on regardless, as much as they, you know, that. Uh, Cork will take plenty from beating them yesterday and ending that 12-month unbeaten run or 11-month unbeaten run, whatever it is. But um, Tipperary seemed to be the the most consistent team, obviously, and that has been recognised by other managers, the likes of Derek McGrath as well. Austin Gleeson said last week that they're 15% ahead of the rest. But coming into these quarterfinals now, I think it's anyone's game. 
Um, Wexford, it remains to be seen exactly how much they want to show Kilkenny because, you know, you would imagine Wexford, if they win their quarterfinal, will be hosting Kilkenny, obviously, in in Wexford Park. And just how much Davey wants to put into this game against um, Kilkenny next week because he knows that Kilkenny are on a bit of a a rise ever since the draw against Tipperary in, in round four. Kilkenny uh, slow burners obviously uh, but are coming coming nicely again and I think they're, they've once again underlined that they are the biggest challengers to Tipperary um, Galway I would I, I fancy Galway uh, to be Slimmer uh, uh, at the weekend and seeing some of the comments from John Kiley he seems to be very disappointed with the Limerick performance and uh, will no doubt will be uh, looking for a, a huge improvement against Cork now in Park Arena at the weekend but apart, it, it, there's been a lot of inconsistencies, uh, Cullum, apart from Tipperary, who who seem to have carried on regardless. We know I I didn't expect Watford to take the the league as seriously as they would have done on, uh, under Derek McGraw the, the the two previous years. Um, on this occasion, I think they knew more about themselves um, than ever before. But the likes of Galway, you would have expected them to to hit Wexford, but clearly those extra games as we spoke about before clearly benefited Wexford and absolutely Wexford are the surprise package of the group but of, of the two divisions but you could argue at this stage that uh, you know it has been a success and whatever happens against Kilkenny now at the weekend I would imagine uh, Fitzgerald isn't going to lose any sleepover OK let's uh, turn our attention very quickly to the football of course next weekend the final round of uh, football action some promotions and relegations already decided We'll start with uh, Kerry. The big story uh, from the weekend with them is the continued question over Cullum Cooper's inter-county future. Yeah, and all the indications are suggesting that he is given a serious thought, uh, Cullum, and that uh, we could be talking about the retirement of Cullum Cooper by the end of the week. Um, or even over the next couple of days, and if that's the case, then there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of uh, tributes paid to him. You know, the most gifted footballer of his generation. Um, I, in my opinion, anyway, um, Dermot Connolly still has a while to, 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 or still has a bit to come up to his uh, Colin Cooper's level, anyway. But it's it's not going to go away until it's answered, obviously. And Fitzmaurice, I would imagine, once it's sorted out over the next couple of days, as much as uh, he wants to give. Uh, the Gooch his uh, his due due diligence over his career and whether he he believes he can eke out another All Ireland title this year and it certainly is there for Kerry as much as you're looking at their performance against Cavan yesterday and obviously Cavan have improved over the last while but this is a type of um, this is a type of game that Kerry should have should have taken and the fact that they let it slip just as they let uh, the Dublin game slip from them will um, is bound to irk Fitzmaurice and they they still know there is if we work out the permutations and the com- combinations column Kerry can still make a uh, Division One final and I I would imagine the GA are really hoping that they do uh, and therefore we could be talking about a, a close to capacity Crow Park on Sunday week but. At this moment in time, there's just too many variables for for Kerry, and uh, all they'll be looking for is a victory in Killarney against Tyrone next weekend. Okay, uh, speaking of uh, victories being sought next weekend, I want to talk about uh, Mayo. Massive result for them against uh, Tyrone, and, and sets up a, a hugely intriguing tie against uh, Donegal. I think next weekend. It does, and the fact that Donegal's under twenty one players, and they do have a few of them, the likes of Jason McGee there at the moment, um. The fact that Donegal have another 21 Ulster semi-final um, on Wednesday and a final next week, that could uh, really 
um, affect uh, Rory Gallagher's thinking um, in terms of this game. Like the question is, do Donegal really want to go for this? We've seen how di- indifferent they have been uh, as regards the knockout stages of the of the league before. You know, it always seems to me, uh, certainly under McGuinness's t- since McGuinness took over that. Division One status is all, is the be all and end all at this time of year for for Donegal and certainly uh, Donegal are one of the, the the success stories of this campaign considering they lost nine players over the over the last few months. But as regards Mayo, um, it, it was a mighty performance from them. It was certainly wasn't pretty. It wasn't going to be pretty. But uh, if there is a hoodoo team for. Um, for Tyrone and Mickey Hart, it's Mayo. He never seems to have got the hang of them. Certainly, as far as I remember, he hasn't got the hang of them in, in championship anyway, and in a lot of uh, league games as well. Mayo have uh, always seemed to have had enough for them, and you could see yesterday that they were a bit more resilient. Um, they took their goal. They hadn't been scoring goals, but then again, Tyrone haven't been scoring goals. They only have one goal over this campaign, so. Uh, if, if the team that was going to score a goal was obviously, or, or you could argue was going to was going to have the best chance of winning, and um, geez, uh, Tom Parsons took his goal very well. But uh, a more heartening aspect of that game, aside from the performance for Rochford, is that he has his. Uh, well, they're not the old brigade, but the O'Shea, uh, Aiden O'Shea coming back. I see Chris Barrett there as well. These guys are coming back into it, and uh, they'll certainly be needed. Um, Against Donegal it, again, though it does depend on just how what attitude Donegal take to that game. Because um, if they win that game, they know they uh, they have they more or less have a Division One final to look forward to. But then they have a couple of games in New York next week, and again those uh, aforementioned under twenty one games. So that might just spoil things for for Rory Gallagher. But again, it's it's not a bad complaint to have considering he's lost so many players over the last one. Final question and an easy one. Uh, what has gone wrong with Ross Common football? Um, the the in-house fighting certainly hasn't helped. Um, but losing players like they did Cahill Craig and Neil Collins, and you know you can't lose guys like those. Um, you know you're talking about your spine of your team. Well, if not your spine, certainly your leaders of your team. Column and for McStay and McHale to have lost players like that, you know they were going to be behind the eight ball. And uh, I saw someone referring to the Dublin victory as scary the other night. I didn't think it was scary from a Dublin point of view. I, I, I do believe Dublin have challengers this year. It was certainly scary from a Roscommon point of view. Um, they look like fish out of water. Um, we've seen over the last few years how teams from Division 1 can drop like stones to Division 3, even Division 4 in Westmead's case. I don't think Roscommon will, will go down that far, but they have a few... Concerns ahead of them. It's, it's not that McStay is a poor manager. He's certainly not. But you could see the difference. It was men against boys the other night. Um, and um, Monaghan will definitely put up more of a fight against Dublin next week, knowing full well that um, they could. That, that very well could be, you know, based on results, obviously, but based on the result there as well. That could be the, the Division 1 final. So we could see Dublin and Monaghan playing twice in the space of a week. But Roscommon, um, you know, for, for all the talk about them, John Evans has would have spoken very highly of them in the past, but this isn't the same group that John Evans had. There's too many guys missing. The likes of Enda Smith is an excellent footballer, and you saw the 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 you know the consternation that he caused um, uh, for against the Dublin for uh, the Dublin backs, I should say, um, at the weekend. But there's just not enough of of them, and uh, you know, the, Max Day is mentioning their conditioning and what have you. But at this stage, 
you know, Roscom's conditioning should be up to scratch, maybe not up to Dublin's standard, but it should be up to scratch to be able to, to, to keep up with these guys. But they looked disheartened at the weekend and it, it was, uh, they, were, they were just cannon fodder for Dublin in the end. Okay, very quickly, just want to touch on uh, game in Division 2. Uh, Derry, Cork and uh, a huge weekend and a huge result for the Cork footballers. Very much so. I, I expected it too. Derry aren't. I know Chrissy McCaig came back for them at the at, uh, in this game, but I, I expected Cork to get, to get something from this. Um, um, you know, okay, they let things slip a little bit against Mead, but there was definitely improvement, and you know they they seem to have developed a little bit, and I mean a little bit marginally anyway from that that Kildare performance in round two where they were just so poor. And uh, you know they looked out of ideas. They looked very one-dimensional. But um, when you're saying clearly, the fact that Colum O'Neill is starting games again, um, it, it seems to be doing the trick. But you know they're they they've guys like Mark Collins there as well would have been in and out of the team over the last while. But Mark Collins to me has been over the last two or three years the the, the most informed player for Cork. So it looks as if. Uh, Padrahidi has the right players on the on the field, you know. I you know Kelleher is always going to cause problems for people at the edge of the square, and they they have speed with Kerrigan, but uh, Kerrigan obviously. But the fact that Cullum O'Neill is there working off Kelleher, I think it's a nice dimension to it. Obviously, they will hope that um, the knee injury for um, Aidan Walsh isn't too severe, but at the same time, the likes of Maguire and Dean in the middle are decent, and and having someone like Alan O'Connor coming off off the bench is grand too. Listen, they obviously wanted um, to jump back up to Division 1 um, quickly but it, it hasn't happened that way but at the same time they have learnt a lot over the last while um, they've learnt on their feet too like you know we've heard of crisis meetings and, and what have you being held by the, the Cork management team but they're, they're, they're moving in the right direction albeit you know not at the pace that they would have liked anyway and that's it from another Irish Examiner Paper Talk Sports Podcast. My thanks to uh, Michael Moynihan and to John Fogarty and to Larry Ryan, who was our production editor. We're back again, same time, same place next week. Don't forget, you can download us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, or you can log on to irishexaminer.com forward slash paper talk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 